you can't breathe. <laughs> you're just going up and up and you almost like don't know when it's going to end. Sometimes you're just going down and down and you don't know when it's going to end. At one point we were just like hiking our bikes up. There's a climb called Powerline on the way back and it's just like, you know, 25, 30% gradient and you're just, you know, pushing your bike up with all these other people and no one's talking, you know, like everyone's just in their own little personal hell. And at that point, you've been riding your bike for like nine, 10 hours. And you're just like, I don't even know if I'm going to finish this thing. For me, I was like, if I start getting into those negative spaces, I know that that's just going to, you know, do me in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Consequence of Habit podcast. This is your host, JT. Hey, I, I haven't been here for a while. Stepped away for a bit. I had some uh, some day job stuff that had to be attended to, but uh, we're back. We're back. We got some pretty amazing guests coming up here very soon, especially going into the new year. Speaking of the new year, 2023 is coming to a close. And uh, this week's, excuse me, take that back, this month's Habit challenge is understanding what is your creed? What is, what is your guiding principles? How do we know where we're going if we don't know what, where our North Star is? What do we look to? And that's just in how we, how we look at life, how we make decisions in, in our relationships and in, in everything. So if you guys want to participate, head on over to consequenceofhabit.org. Go to the resources and you're going to see, you're going to see a questionnaire. It's going to ask a hard question. What are your guiding principles. You're going to pick five of them. And we're going to take all of this info from everyone that puts in for the, into this. And we're going to, we're just going to show everybody what the results are. And the point of this thing is uh, as 2023 comes to a close, we want a foundation for 2024. We want to know what we're doing as soon as 2024 hits. You can't do that unless you know where you stand on important things like your guiding principles. All right, this week's guest, I actually recorded this one probably, uh, it's been months now. I've been waiting, kind of holding on this one to put it out. Uh, this one's been in the makes for not just the recording, but even even the appearance of this guest for, for some time. Uh, this week, I sit down with Julie Angler. Julie is the head ambassador for Athletic Brewing Company. I've been following what she's been doing for a long time, and and the reason her story kind of sticks out to me is is it's kind of been this thing that's happened in real time. Julie's going to talk about her experience, in, one, with Athletic Brewing, uh, leading that ambassador group, but, but her own journey around fitness. She's been a cycling fan, and we're going to cover some topics like pushing through, raising where you're, you think the things that you think you're capable of. We'll talk about imposter syndrome, how to get past that, how to kind of make promises to yourself, follow through, and, and you know, everything that comes along with that. This, is, this one's going to lean a little bit on, on the cycling side. So all you cyclists out there are going to love it. I know I did. Uh, hopefully, I mean, I don't care if you're a cycling person or not. Everyone's going to get something from this. But without further ado, please welcome to the podcast, Julie Engler. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this one's a long time coming. I'm getting, I'm sitting down here with, with my friend, Julie Angler from Athletic Brewing, which would be a small part of our conversation, uh, but it's how we were introduced and how we know each other. Uh, first off, Julie, thanks for taking the time. I know you had a busy day, but I appreciate taking the time to, uh, to do this. Yeah, thanks so much, JT. I'm super excited to talk to you. Like, you're right. It's been a long time. We've known each other for years and yes, yes. I can't wait. <laughs> 
All right. So, uh, backstory. I know Julie, uh, like I said, from Athletic, Athletic Brewing Company. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You started off as an ambassador and then uh, eventually ended up working for the company. Is that how it worked? Yeah, I became an ambassador. It was late 2019. Um, just discovered the beer and was so excited to have. I think the stout was the first one I had. And I was living in Wyoming. It was the middle of winter. And I was like, oh, this is so good. And I uh, was super excited to join the team. And um, we did that cross country bike tour oh, when right. the uh, right. when the brewery opened in San Diego. So um, that was a really good time to kind of be part of a, a you know something cool. And meet, I met Mason and another employee there named Nick um, during that. So then when a position opened, I applied right away and was super excited to join the team. So I, I don't. This isn't going to be an athlete brewing infomercial. I do enough plugs for 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 those guys. They've been. A huge supporter of Consequence of Habit and been a really a big part of just even my own personal journey of, of sobriety. But um, one question I, I've been, I always like asking any of the employees is, what was it like? Because 2019 Athletic Brewing Company and 2023 Athletic Brewing Company are two different animals, right? Like, I mean, I'm talking, uh, I, I don't even know how many folds you have to put on it to, to, to make an accurate scale to say you went from this to this. But uh, the, the growth has been absolutely insane. Uh, what has it been like for you to be part of, of a company that, that is kind of going through that, that crazy transition? It's just really exciting, like every single day to meet new people who, you know, have never heard of the brand and introduce them. And in, in a lot of ways for, you know, so many people, it's just really life changing. And to be yeah, a part yeah. of that is just like just so incredible. I never take it for granted. Like it's always awesome to introduce it to new people or have someone just come up and be like, Oh my gosh, I've wanted this for so long. <laughs> like something that tastes good and be excited about the brews in a way that like has never really existed before. It's just, yeah, I, I joke around like people, uh, people got sober before all of this quality NA stuff out there now. I mean, hats off to them. Like it's, I'm not saying it's easy now, but it is easier than it, than it was. Um, you know, I, sometimes I get some, I get some, uh, I don't want to say flack or, or some, some emails from, from the sobriety community about, about my love for them. But uh, I, I always try to remind everybody, this is a personal journey. If, if athletic brewing fits into your, uh, your, I don't know, system, whatever it is, then, then that's great. If not, then, then steer clear, whatever. Um, but, but with that said, uh, when you found them, were you, were you already kind of on that path of, of, Hey, I'm not drinking anymore. Yeah. I just got really fed up with it. Like just feeling awful all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, it wasn't the first NA beer I found, sure. you know, um, especially back in 20, 2019, 2018, when all that was going on, I think Heineken was the first one that I had. And I was just yeah. like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is really happening. There's like NA yeah, yeah, beer out sure. there. And it's just, yeah. You know, I remember my first party that I went to and I brought, you know, I was so nervous. I brought my NA beer and everyone else was <laughs> drinking and I was like, oh, I'm just going to like pretend like it's real beer, <laughs> you know, like not even going <laughs> right, to say right. anything. No one's going to know. Um, uh, but that was actually I did bring it was athletic that I brought and someone else was like, she's drinking NA beer. And I was like, oh, gosh, here we go. <laughs> but everyone was like everyone super interested her. in it. <laughs> and it was it was just part of the, you know, I just was part of the crew. We were talking about beer yeah, then, sure. you know, yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. about any beer or really anything. It was just, we were just having a conversation about beer. 
about an IPA. And it was just like, you know, I just felt normal, (laughs) which was life changing because it was like, you're not the only person drinking seltzer water there now, you know, or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then you have to answer every question of, oh, you're not drinking. And you're like, I've literally had this conversation conversation a thousand times. I just want to sit with my friends and have a beer. So yeah, I agree. I love it. Um, And then I've got one other uh, question before we go any further. Uh, You're a big cycling fan. I imagine you watch some road cycling too. I could be wrong. Uh, Sepkus just just won the Tour de Spain. Did you see this or not? I've 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 kind of read some headlines. I don't I don't watch uh, it as much as I feel like I should, but uh, I do know that there was a little bit of drama there, and yeah, uh, but it was yeah. also super monumental that uh, all this huge. happened. But for the huge for the team, huge for him, and huge for you know just American cycling in general because I know that that's yeah. not that's not huge here. So really no. really cool. All right, now we've officially lost ninety percent of our listeners uh, <laughs> with the cycling talk, but. But yes, it's, it's a big moment for American cycling and, and anyone who, who, I mean, just the drama, like you said, of, of potential infighting. On the, I actually shouldn't say infighting. Uh, who was going to lead that team to, to victory? So uh, I loved it. So hats off to, to Sep. Um, I doubt you'll hear this, but just in case, well done. Uh, speaking of cycling, one of, the, one of the, the reasons I've followed along, not just because you're, you're with Athletic Brewing Company, is... Uh, you've been on some uh, quite a cycling journey since I started following you, probably back in 2019. Uh, where, where you know, it's I want you to stop me and point out any errors as, as I'm speaking here. But you went from uh, you know a recreational cyclist, somebody that's that was definitely into it and the gravel bikes and mountain biking, and then that seems to have really taken off with, with leading up to the point that you finished. Uh, was it last month? One of the hardest races that very few people could even get into, right? This isn't just something you're like, Hey, I'm going to go do this race. And that is the, the Leadville 100, uh, massive accomplishment. Congratulations to you. Seriously. That's, I, it's always been a bucket list. So when I saw you did it, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So that's the reason I reached out to you about this. Uh, explain that process uh, from the very first time you thought about doing it till you finish. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. Just get what, what, <laughs> what made you think about like, I can do this because this race is no joke. This is uh, like I said, usually you have to qualify to get into it. Uh, and even then it's, it's, it can be a lottery. Uh, what, what, what made you say, Hey, I, I think I can, I think I can pull this off. Gosh, you know, it's funny because I heard about it. I've only been cycling for about five years. Uh, like you said, I started in 2019. I got a road bike because I was going to do a triathlon and then I hurt myself running. And I was like, all I can do is ride my bike now. <laughs> so yeah. I did. <laughs> and I just <laughs> rode my bike everywhere. Um, and then I kind of got another bike and then another bike. And now I have, you know, a lot of bikes, which is <laughs> which is fine. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, I got into mountain biking two years ago when I moved to Austin. I got my first mountain bike and I just like had so much fun. Like I was like, this is I just felt like a kid again, just riding the trails, getting dirty and like without with the friends. And I'm like, this is okay. This is, this is fun. I love this. Um, and so I had known about the level 100 and, uh, you know, this, this past year I started really kind of just really enjoying mountain biking and, and trying some new things. And, um, there's a couple, there's one qualifier here in Austin called the Austin Rattler. And I had set a goal. I was like, I'm going to try to qualify. Uh, it's a 60 mile 
it's it, it's in three loops. So you do three uh, 20 mile loops of this course. Um, and it's tough. It took me six and a half hours. I didn't quite qualify, but I was still like super proud of, you know, my journey. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to enter the lottery and see what happens. Uh, so super excited, got in to the lottery and I was like, okay, now this is real. Now I have to like do this thing. And uh, so that was, you know, early in the year, late last year, early in the year. I was going to say, how far out from the actual race did you find out like I'm going? Um, I believe it was like early January, late December, sort of, I think I don't remember the exact day, (laughs) but, um, yeah. And then I was like, gosh, how am I going to do this? I don't really, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I found a really awesome coach. Um, her name is Paige Onweller. She won uh, big sugar last year. And I was at that race and I remember, you know, remember her finishing and she, uh, you know, we started training and she had just really great training plan for me, but it really elevated me in like this really consistent way. And it was just a whole different level that I'd never experienced before. You know, I always kind of had these training plans that I kind of did and kind of followed and, you know, but for this one, I was like, I know that I need to really work hard at this. You know, like I know that I need to be consistent. I know that I need to nail my training. Like I have to do all of this. And um, so literally like bogged down for like the last eight months, (laughs) like almost every single day, just like got to train, you know, and then trying to fit my schedule in, like wake up, work, train, you know, like what can I do to, to make sure that I'm successful at this? And, you know, it, it's the funny thing is, is like, even with all of that work, it was like, you know, I, I, I did it in 11 hours and 32 minutes and I'm like, man, I just like, just barely made it. And I can't even imagine like all the, the work and the fitness of, of the people who do it so much faster, <laughs> but well, it, well, you- I mean, and this is, you know, there is this, this thing where you, where you realize that uh, some people are so just genetically gifted that, you know, they're like, I, I had, I had Greg Lamond on here, which uh, a lot of people know who Greg is. And uh, he talked about starting cycling, you know, and I, I think he was like 16 or no, he was actually, he was like 14. And within like a couple of months, he's winning races that people have been training for, you know, adult men. And, and, it, you know, I, and I, I even asked him, like, that's going to be a strange experience to, to go through that. And, and you have me wondering, like, why does everyone think this is so hard where it not to say that, you, you know, you're not not putting the work in, but there is that that thing or even talking about. Um, oh God, what's his name? It was one of the American writers that, that is on Education First. And, you know, he this just goes to shows the the. The nature versus nurture. Well, his nature side. He he tried running a five k, barely ever ran, and ran like I want to say like fifteen minutes or sixteen minutes or something. <laughs> oh my gosh. And they're like, well, I guess I guess this guy, this guy's got a natural talent when it comes to this thing. So I, I say that to to say, don't take anything away from the amount of work that you've put in. Right? Like you can always look at somebody, and go, how oh, they did it in this time. Was this the first time? you kind of already answered this, but that you just truly like went all in on something like this. Yeah, it it really was, you know, like it was, it was a whole different level of commitment that I've never really experienced before. And it was, you know, like, I think for a lot of people, like you can do the short term commitment, like, Oh, I could yeah. do this for a month or so. 
Sure. Um, but it was just that like long period. And, you know, I experienced a lot of setbacks too. Like I had issues with my knee and I could barely ride for a while. And mm. so I was like, okay, now I have to do PT. And so I was like training and PT and like trying to fit that into my schedule. And then I was like, well, once PT was over, I'm like, well, I have to keep this up because this is going to help my knee. And, you know, and so and then I had to add in the gym and, I was literally just like piecing my days together, like kind of like all week. I'm like, okay, Monday yeah. is this, Tuesday is this, Wednesday is this. And like, and, and then it kept getting harder, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't get any easier. The training gets yeah, harder because right. you, you got to keep like building that fitness. And there was a, there was a, there were a couple weeks where it was like, you know, 17 hours of activity Wow. over like, you know, 15 hours of riding, a few hours of gym, 40 hours of plus of work, you know, like, and I was just, you'd wake up and then your day would be over, you know, and a couple weeks would go by and people would be like, so how's your summer going? And I'm just like, it's, it's just gone. So, so anyone who knows this race knows that it's, it's in Colorado. Uh, I've seen Leadville. We're talking about some serious elevation. Uh, you're in Texas. How did that work out for you? How did, how did you how, how did you train uh, for, for the elevation being that you, you are in Austin? Yeah, we're about 500 feet from sea level here, so not <laughs> a lot right. of not a lot of mountains. Um, and and that that was like another thing is like not a lot of climbs to do to kind of simulate that. So Leadville has a few really kind of notable climbs, and the biggest one is about 3,500 feet. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know that's a two hours of just riding straight up. Just, just riding. Yeah. And it's like, you can't simulate that. So you kind of have to guess. And same with like the elevation. It's like, I've never been to 10,000 feet before. I don't know how that's going to go. But I guess one of the things that helped, helped was uh, that it's been over like a hundred degrees basically since June. (laughs) So they say that heat training can help. Um, So I guess, you know, know we did that. Yeah. (laughs) Got plenty of that in. Uh, we, I mean, we can get to because I, I don't want to. I don't want to jump too far ahead. Uh, but you've been, you were very honest even after the race, and you even alluded to it before we hit record here on, on what that race has meant for you and and how it could really be a stepping stone onto something bigger. And you actually posted a picture that I think you were you were you were you were emotional and you were crossing the finish line. And I loved it, right? Because, you know, pe- people want to, you know, they, they want to post a picture of them with their arms up in the air or they're going around a corner looking like they're going super fast. And and you looked emotional and tired because you just got done with the Leadville. And I, I, I thought it was, I, I, I thought you were just being brutally honest. And I think that's what we need more of. Can you put some words to to that post? Yeah, that was like the most real photo I think I've ever seen of myself. <laughs> yeah, I like got those. They were like, your race photos are in. And I like looked at it and they're just all me crying. <laughs> I was just like, eh, well, you know, I guess that that's it. But, yeah. Honestly, the funny thing about it is that like throughout the whole race, I was really like really positive with myself, which has never really happened before. Like I do a lot of long endurance stuff and, you know, there's sometimes where you're like halfway through and you're like, ah, what the heck am I doing? Like, why am I here? This sucks. Or, you know, you get into that kind of negative space. And like Leadville was like the one where I was like, 
I have to believe in all of myself to do this. Why do you think that was, is it, is it because of what you put into it? Like what, what was different about this race? Yeah. I mean, it was brutally hard. It was, you, you can't breathe. You're just going up and up and you almost like don't know when it's going to end. Sometimes you're just going down and down and you don't know when it's going to end. At one point we were just like hiking our bikes up. It was, there's a climb called power line on the way back. And it's just like, you know, 25, 30% gradient. And, uh, you're just, you know, pushing your bike up with all these other people and no one's talking, you know, like everyone's just in their own little personal hell. And at that point you've been riding your bike for like nine, 10 hours. And you're just like, I don't even know if I'm going to finish this thing. Like, so you just like, you really, for me, I was like, if I start getting into those negative spaces, I know that that's just going to, you know, do me in. So I just had to keep, keep, positive and then at, at the finish line that's when it all just was like out <laughs> that was when it all could like just whatever happened happened you know but for those 11 hours and 32 minutes i was like all in is power line I mean, what was the lowest point of that uh of the entire race where where even though you're being positive is there one that really kind of stuck out like you, you could really see that negativity wanting to creep itself in yeah, I, I think the power line, because I did like over a mile, it was like a mile of walking. And like, I could just feel like blisters kind of popping up on my heels because you're in these like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. cycling, cycling shoes with carbon soles. They don't flex. And, uh, you know, you got this big old bike, like hi- walking up that and hiking boots would be hard, but add in, you know, a bike that you have to wheel up there too. And it's like, Oof, <laughs> that's, that's tough. Um, yeah, I'm sure. So, yeah. And then you kind of get up to the top and the it's smooth for a while, but then you start getting into the rocks and then you start slipping and, you know, there's other people that are in front of you. And if they hop off their bike, then you have to hop off your bike too. And at one point I did like try to unclip and, and kind of fell over. And I was just like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it was, it was close. It was definitely close there. But So, so w- what did that race mean to you? And like, what, what is it, you know, again, you alluded to something like you, you feel like there was really something uh, big about that, that maybe, maybe it's going to be really kind of change on, on, on the person you are. Can you expand on that? Like, what, what did you actually mean by, by that? Yeah, I think at the beginning of level, I really kind of had this like imposter syndrome where I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even really know if I belong here. You know, like I know that there's so many other people who are probably like way more qualified to do this and like want to do this like so badly. Like it's like their bucket list race, kind of like you said, you know, it's like and I'm here doing it. And like, you know, do I do I really belong here? And, um, you know, this I'd put so much into it. And I really just like hit a new level of, of training, you know, like it was hard getting the ball rolling. Like I said, doing the PT, getting to the gym and putting all those hours in. But like after Leadville, I realized I had created this new routine and now it seems a whole lot easier. Like now I'm going to the gym consistently and starting to like feel myself get stronger and I'm like excited to ride my mountain bike now and, you know, excited for the upcoming races that I'm doing. And, you know, it was kind of like this period where I was like, 
it was it was almost like I don't I, right after level I was like I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do but then after I got some rest and some time to like really think about it and let it all settle in like I realized that it was just something that I had worked on so hard that I just feel like I just leveled up yeah so so some people go through this almost a, almost a depression after you, you, you've led up to something so much, you know, you, you, I've heard from Olympic athletes. I've, I've heard it from, from other endurance athletes. They've put so much time and effort into it uh, that when it's over, there, there's this, this now what kind of feeling, but it sounds like you also developed a, a system that they, you know, they always say, Hey, that the best thing to do is actually develop a great system because the goals will kind of come and go, but as long as you have this system and trust in that, uh, you're, you, those other things will just, they'll, they'll come along. Did you go through any down moments after the race? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I was just so exhausted mentally and physically. And I was actually supposed to do steamboat gravel, and I just, like, couldn't get out of bed. <laughs> I was like, I'm so tired. I can't. I just can't. And I came home, you know, after that. And, and I definitely... There was about a week where I didn't want to touch my bike and I didn't, I was like, I'm going to give myself this time. And, um, but I did start riding with like my friends again and doing like more group rides and really starting to like find that community again. And that just like brought, brought me back in like just to that excitement and that love of, of bikes and, you know, doing this because all those other people are doing this or maybe they're not doing it, you know, like they're not racing and that's okay. Like you can just, you can just have fun too. Like it, it should be fun. So finding that again and then doing a couple of like some mountain bike rides and I did a race this past weekend and had so much fun and I'm just like, I'm back in now, you know, Mm -hmm. and and at a new level and that's, well, you won. You won the race. And I, yeah, and I won the race, which is super cool. I like, you know, you, you start to believe in your skills and believe in yourself more. And um, especially after Leadville. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I could, you know, we put so much into looking at what other people are doing. And, and, and you're right. It's, it's, it's very easy to have that feeling. I think everyone can. Uh, has that something in their life, right? Where they, they go, do I deserve to be here? Uh, am I really on the level to be in the position I'm in? And that can be work. That can be uh, something in, in sports. Uh, but the fact that you're actually doing it is the answer, right? There's, I don't know if he still does it. I was watching a documentary or maybe reading an article about Leadville. And there was a guy who was riding, it was a bike like from the, the, late 80s or early 90s and he had an old bell like bucket helmet and i think he wore like a raincoat like i mean he was do you know who i'm talking about no but that's awesome <laughs> yeah, that. like, he, he didn't have any of the equipment right like we 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 think we have to have all these things but at the end of the day it's it's the it's the ability to be uncomfortable for an extended period of time that's that's what makes a difference now this guy just kept and he did it every year like he'd been he'd done this race for years and i I wish i knew his name uh and he you know he wasn't a big no one knew him other than he's the guy who rides an old bike and and a raincoat or something but but no one knew he's not one of the big names in in the world of mountain biking uh so this is just a long-winded way of saying uh, i i get what you're saying but but you've proven i'm glad to hear that you've proved it to yourself that you are exactly where you belong and 
was that the, this race this last weekend? Was that the first one you've like truly won? Is, you, I've seen you on the, on the podium before, but this is the first first place or no? Yeah, that was my first, well, kind of real race, I feel like, uh, since I, I upgraded to Cat 2. So, you know, there's some Ooh. competition and um, it was really fun. Went and did the pre-ride for the course and um, so gosh, I wanna, yeah. I just, want, I just want to stop you there. So uh, there, there are different Cat levels for people that don't know what we're talking about. Is there, is there five now? There's for road. There's five. I think okay. gravel two, and then for mountain bike, there's three. Okay, so so think of of it used to be beginner sport expert um, is what the way it used to be classified. It's the same thing. So your beginner is is even though they say it's beginner, there's lots of people that still race in those races that uh, <laughs> are cherry picking the races because they want to win. These are very very good cyclists, and then there's uh, the sport level or or cat two. Now this is just under people that are racing expert or pro. So f- to win to win a Cat Two race, uh, I, I got a feeling you're, you're going to have to uh, be mandatory stepping your 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 levels up uh, to Cat One here very soon, Julie. Yeah, I was looking at the the results for all the pros, and I would have lost, which is you know totally fine. But uh, I was still really proud of that. Uh, just being a couple of minutes off of the sure. other ladies in the in the pro category, so that's pretty exciting. Who are some of your your role models, whether it be in the world of cycling and just life in general that that you kind of look up to? Oh, man, that's a really good question. I really resonated with my coach. And that's like one of the reasons I I reached out to her out to her, because um, when she won Big Sugar, you know, she had this post about how, you know, sometimes the world of cycling isn't very inclusive and Mm. it can be really hard to kind of find a group of people to, to, you know, to ride with, to train with, especially if they're at a different level. And, uh, I was like, man, I really, I really like resonate with that because it's kind of like you, you make it and then, uh, you know, just keep going. And, and it's hard to find people who are willing to invest in, in those that below you, you know, to help you kind of rise up to the top. And, um, it's definitely like an experience that I've also found too. Like yeah. there's tons of, of awesome ladies around, but it's just hard to find, you know, a group of people to, to ride with kind of it in, in a way that doesn't seem like it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah you, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to stereotype anything, but you live in a unique area too, where, where the world of, of fitness, um, obviously, well, a lot of people, not everyone knows this, but, but Lance Armstrong lived in your town, still has a place there. Um, uh, there's some really high level athletes and, and I've seen, in, yeah. and I grew up road biking. It really can be an elitist sport. I mean, what was, what was nice about mountain biking, especially in the beginning is you, you had, it, it wasn't quite the same. Like you could still, people just waved at each other, like when they rode by each other on the trails or nodded. And it's not that way anymore. I, you know, there's a big, big transition from, from the road to, to uh, uh, the mountain and gravel bikes uh, because of things like cell phones and, or just don't have access to good bike lanes. Uh, but I 100% agree with you that it's not it's it's not always the friendliest group of people, and I don't know why. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just on our fucking bikes. Like it's not <laughs> like you would think you're grown up riding your bicycle. You should be in a really good place right now. Yeah, I always try to get like give back to you know my fellow fellow ladies and just 
everyone around me just try to keep that positive vibe going because I think that's what we really need honestly in the sport because you know no people aren't going to want to come join the sport if if it just is like it seems like so hard to get anywhere in it so I always I always just try to be positive and keep that mindset and just remember that there's a lot of other people out there who feel like that and I don't want to be the I don't want to just keep that mindset going like I, yeah. I want to help change it. I want more women to come race. I want more competition. You know, I want yeah. I want Cat Two to be crazy hard. You know, I, I do. And and if if that means I lose, then that's fine. I I want to help grow grow things. So, have you tried cyclocross yet? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that was actually one of the first races I did. Um, and uh, that was uh, it was just so bizarre. It's <laughs> a weird sport. It. it is. Yeah, it's a strange sport. Huge in Europe, but uh, hey, so, so you know, you mentioned that this has kind of leveled you up, and and you've made some really. I mean, I don't really know you, but you've made some big changes from the conversations we had uh, a couple of years ago, where you know you move from from the Midwest, you come you come to to, to Austin uh, because of athletic. Am, am I saying that correctly? It's not necessarily because of, but uh, it was like an enabler because being sure. able to work from home allowed me to kind of, you know, go wherever I wanted to. So what's, what's, how different is the Julie now than, than say Julie in 2018? Oh man, <laughs> everything's different. I would really? say, I mean, that was when I first started like really getting healthy and first started like taking those steps to kind of, um, do things that were out of my comfort zone. You know, I've always been this really kind of introverted, comfortable person. And uh, that, you know, 2018, 2019, that was when I stopped drinking. And, um, you know, which is hard for someone whose social life was that, you know. But um, I, the first, I remember the first, like, kind of really uncomfortable thing I did was I became certified to teach Les Mills Sprint which is a cycle, like a cycling class. It's a hit cycling class. And like, that is not, was not me, you know, like I was the person in the back doing it, but being in the front and like teaching a class, you know, and that's like an intense one too. So you're like really like yelling at people and not like yelling, yelling, but you're like getting it, you know, getting a good workout in. So I took that class and I became certified, you know, and you have to like film yourself teaching and like, super uncomfortable stuff I think for a lot of people um and that like really changed my life uh and I was like I can I can do this and it was kind of the first time that I'd ever done something like that where you like learn things and you get like certified and then the journey is after you you know Mm. like the who you become and what you're becoming is like you you have to build that yourself So I kind of had to figure out like, well, what kind of an instructor do I want to be? And like, it really opened the door to that kind of thinking, like this mindset where it's like, I can be more than I am, or I can be what I want to be. Like I can, I can, you know, what is, what is, what is the thing that I want deep down inside? What do I want to share with people? And so that kind of really started that, that journey of just like, who do I want to become? And like, what are my wildest dreams? Let's do that. <laughs> I love it. I, I love talking to people that, that have raised their ceiling, right? They've, they've been, they've always thought up to a certain point in their life that this is where I'm going to get to. All right. And, and I'm okay with that. 
But then through their changes, through their changing of the habits, uh, the consequences are they, they realize, man, I am capable of so much more than I ever even thought I was. Uh, but that's not enough, right? For that to, to, to come into fruition, there has to be the, the process of, of those things. Uh, do you think that process for you was the catalyst to, to some of the, the other bigger changes in your life? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I for a while, it still kind of is. But you know, like when I have a crazy idea and I'm like thinking of doing it, like something like Leadville, like I'll just, you know, kind of think about it and be like, fuck it. Let's do it. (laughs) And that's how, you know, Julie's going to do it. You know, like I just kind of let all of the like fears and whatever go out the window. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to go for it. And that kind of became, uh, you know, for better or for worse, my motto uh, over the years. Ah, it's for better. It's for better. (laughs) You've also, you know, we talk a lot on here about becoming what you surround yourself with. And one of the things even at work is you pretty much run the ambassador program for, for athletic growing company. That group is nothing but positive go-getters and that are, that are, whether they've made positive changes in their life, whether it's just been the way they've been doing things from, from the get go. But man, I'm always inspired by, by just seeing what those people out there are doing and, and living their life and, and then trying to lift each other up. Matter of fact, when, when COH was, when we were going to start an ambassador program, it was Mason that I called and I'm like, Mason, I need help. Like, tell me, because I don't know what the, the, you know, the secret sauce is, but whatever it is, you guys got it because they, that, that ambassador program has just been absolutely amazing. What, what has that been like for you to, to be such a big part of? So I think one of the most uh, unique things about the ambassador group is that we all just, we all have individual stories. And when you bring everybody together and you really start to kind of get to know each other and you really celebrate being individuals and it's all about celebration, getting to know each other. And when you have that group and that space to really feel like yourself, then to put like people just, you know, you flourish, the the community flourishes. I think it goes for any community that's like that. Um, People supporting each other, lifting each other up, celebrating things together. And that's what makes it really special and and really cool. And um, it's really awesome to just hop on every day onto the Discord or the Facebook and just see all the cool things that people have done in the last week, 24 hours. Uh, We have this thing called an athletic check-in and every Monday, we, we celebrate all the things that we did like over the weekend or the last seven days. And it's really been one of my favorite things to see is just how excited people are to share what they've done. Even if it's, you know, I just relaxed all weekend. Like we celebrate that too, because that's just, that's part of life. And um, it's, it's really special, really, really special group. Yeah, it's, it's what it's about. And, and you're right. Um, so we share some of the, uh, some of the same ambassadors, right? Some of the same ambassadors we have are also with, with athletic. And so I can say that when we put out like say an open season for an ambassador program, how candid people are in, in these applications and they're proud of, right? Everyone's proud of everyone, but, but people are proud of when they've gone through these struggles and they're coming out the other side. Uh, But, but I, I, I can't say I was completely prepared to see um, how dark some of the places that people came from, right? And 
you know, some people may not understand that the, the fact that you're saying, well, it's athletic brewing company. It's, it's an NA beer company, but, but for a lot of people that, um, it's much bigger than that because it's just, it's, it's a part of, of the positive change they made and in, and the negative side of, of something they, you know, some people couldn't stop doing some people. It wasn't that much of, of an issue. Like I know a lot of people that, that drink athletic and never drank and they're never had an issue with, with alcohol, but for some people, you know, they were a slave to, to it. And I'm, I can speak for myself. So, um, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. And, and, you know, there's something about surrounding ourselves with, with people that, that, that collectively we build a connection with and we move in a positive direction. So, uh, it's been, it's been very cool to see, uh, athletic brewing company ambassador, their program, because you're right, they have literally become almost like this, I don't want to say separate entity, but they are this own thing. Like I honestly feel that if athletic brewing company went away tomorrow, that group would still exist. <laughs> it's so awesome to see all the connections that everyone makes and like, uh, you know, whether it's through an event or through beers or, you know, maybe they work an event together and now they're, you know, they're, they're friends or they live close to each other and now they're running together in a running group or you know, it's just, it's so, it's so cool to see those natural connections happen. And, you sure. know, like I said, everyone has this, uh, has a story. So being able to relate to other people too, is like another super important part of what brings people together. And, you know, however you got here to, to athletic, like you said, whether you had a drinking problem or you just wanted to be healthier, you know, everyone can relate to that wanting to be better. Like wanting to, yeah. to level up and, and to do the, you know, the next thing. And, and everyone's here to support you in your That's journey. That's uh, now that, what, what's the next thing that Julie says, fuck it, let's do it. Well, you got anything <laughs> on? You got anything? You go to space, you mean astronaut. Like what, what is it? What is the next thing you think that you're, you're uh, going to set in your, your, your sights? Ooh. The next big thing. I'm really like kind of diving into mountain biking now. Like I'm going to, I'm trying to do this, the Texas series. And then we also have these, what we call mountain bike marathon races. So they're just mm -hmm. like the longer endurance uh, style mountain biking. And we have a, we have a series here in Texas. So I'm like, I'm going to do that and kind of see what pops see what up, happens. you know? Yeah. That's great. Lots of, well, probably going to fall a lot and uh, get a lot of bruises and scrapes and <laughs> all yeah, that well, stuff. But that's part of the growth process. 100%. Um, what is it? You guys have anything on the, on the horizon for, for the ambassador program that, that you're, that you're willing to talk about yet or no? Oh yeah. We, uh, you know, we always do our end of the year challenge. So that's coming up in a couple of months. And um, so raising the stakes on that. And then next year we have, uh, tons of cool stuff planned. You know, there's always dry January, which is like a super exciting oh, yeah. time time for us. So we're already talking about that, and then even looking at next summer and just kind of getting some ideas flowing. So awesome. Well, listen, Julie, is there is there anything else here you you wanna you wanna cover before we we pop off? Gosh, I don't think so. I think we covered no? all the the good stuff. All the good stuff. <laughs> Well, like I said, you, I know you had a ride tonight. Um, one of the benefits of, of drinking an NA beer is that you saw I was drinking one of the athletic Oktoberfests. Uh, you said, oh, I should grab a beer. So you grabbed a beer and, and got yeah, the downwinder. Yeah, that's a, it's a good one. And yet you're going for a ride later tonight because 
you can, you know, try that with a, with a high octane beer and, and good luck to you. <laughs> you definitely don't want to ride the trails here after that. Yeah. Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, a, not a good experience. So, uh, <laughs> Julie, thank you so much, uh, for taking the time to do this. Um, like I said, we, we've been, we've been looking to do this for, for a couple of years. I'm glad we actually got it, got it done. And, and I look forward to seeing not just what athletics do in the ambassadors, but, but really what, 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 what's next on your bucket list? Because like you said, man, the sky's the limit. It's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun next year. All right, that's a wrap. But everybody, enjoy that episode. Thanks to Julie for taking the time to come on here. Uh, we got, like I said in the beginning, we got some big ones coming, everybody. So stay tuned. That's it. Hope everybody has a great week. Catch you next time. Uh-huh.